Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. jealous of your bottom of the cob. I've got a real easy one. I mean, I had to top your last week's top of the cob. Oh, man. Oh, ashes to ashes. That's uh, that's a tough, that's dark. Well, folks, you have to wait. <laughs> I know, a real, a real. You have to wait for this bummer of a surprise. I was talking to my mom and I was just like, you know, I just feel... Like, yeah, when you put the phone down and you go outside, like the sun is shining and there's like a couple birds... And it feels fine, but it really does feel bad. And I know that like every generation thinks it's over. Like, oh, our generation, like it's, it's never been worse than it is. So I was like looking at my mom for some comfort. She's like, this is the worst it's ever been. <laughs> She's like, this is really bad. So we're here to cheer you up. Our country has lost its mind. Like you don't want to wear a mask, fine. But ripping a mask off someone else. And if you turn this off because of that, you might just be part of the problem. People are just, Nobody cares about science. And sadly, like COVID is here to stay. It's like a bummer of a thing to say, but it's true. And like, this is how the rest of our lives are going to be. I caught the end of World War Z yesterday and oh. I was like, seems accurate. Seems more like a futuristic documentary than anything else. If you rewatch Contagion, it's tough. I had actually, weirdly, when COVID first started, I got some messages because I'd done an episode on Contagion a few months prior. What are you listening to? This has seen Contagion. Just you know, this it's audience. such a good movie, but it's so like date night movie. Yeah. <laughs> Where Gwyneth Paltrow has like foam coming out of her mouth and she started the pandemic because she ate something weird on a business trip in China and cheated on her husband. Well, I mean, and then <laughs> is that not the foundation of goop? <laughs> Put this in you, eat this, snort this mushroom. See what happens. Folks, we're going to get through this. Maybe not better. Maybe not coming out worse. We'll come out different. But we always have laughter. Mm. And we always have each other. You always have this podcast as a bastion of sanity, mm. level-headedness, science, and intelligence. So always listen to me. Always listen to me. I'm not... I, it's always for the, for the smartest what's best. I'm never going to tell you to, like, punch a cop or kick a doctor or something. So... Always keep a level head. 
Then you should get vaccinated. You should definitely get vaccinated. <laughs> oh, don't tell me what to do. People get so weird. I'm like, I just said get vaccinated. I didn't strap you down and make you do it, but- And the fact that people are now like, oh, that's political. How, Shut up. How is it political? It's insane to call it political. Is not having polio political? Use your fucking head before it explodes from COVID. And being an iron lung. Actually, you know what? I'm going to say it. Get COVID. Die. That's the thing. If it didn't it. affect other people, I'd be fine with. Because people sure. say like, well, the Black Plague went away. It's like one third of the Earth's um, population or whatever, Europe's population died. And that's how it went away. Yeah. Do you, but- want, do you want your kid to wake up in a house where you're rotted and dead and they just sit there waiting? Bring out your dead. Just waiting for the county coroner to come and scoop you up. Yeah. So you know what? You don't want to believe in science? Fine. Do it on your own time. Rot. Just stay away from me. For real. Breathing on me. Keep all your breath inside. Keep all your breath inside. That's what we want as Americans to just take big, let freedom ring, like gulpfuls of air and breathe on each other. The number of news stories where it's some maniac like tries to go into a gap kids or whatever and like <gasps> purposefully breathes on someone. You're going to give people ideas. It's so insane that they're like, ha, ha, ha. Where do they find these people? I <sighs> Products of an American education system. I was eating oatmeal as I said that. <laughs> And then you have all the people that are trying, all the nurses who are vaccinated, all the teachers, all the people who are like, now nurses are like, now I have to carry a gun and be a doctor and teach long division to kids with ADD. Yeah. Ma'am. Well, folks, we got you covered. Mm-hmm. Have some fun. Let's talk about some breakups. What are you making a face? <laughs> you look at my oatmeal? No, I actually wasn't, but your oatmeal does look gluey. It's the biggest bowl. My husband made me oatmeal. It's better than the one you made yourself where you were like, I made a fun oatmeal. I put in peanut butter, salt, sugar, really loaded cinnamon. Up. I was Look, like, that's too many things. Statement of the century, all oatmeal is fine. It's never like, oh man. And I was saying to Noah, I was like, there should be a restaurant where you can like load up your own You've oatmeal. you talked about this on the show. I have. Yes, <laughs> that's your dream. Let me pitch it again in okay. case we have new listeners. Because right. there are places you can get like a loaded baked potato or you can build your own sundae. <laughs> build your own oatmeal. You load up your own oatmeal and you call it loat meal. It's called loats because you're loading up your oatmeal. We got, we got fruit. We got grains. We've got brown sugar toppings. And oatmeal is so cheap. So you make your money on your toppings like frozen yogurt. You know, now like at frozen yogurt places, you can't have samples. And I think that's yes. for the best because I feel like people were probably stealing. It, t- it costs a nickel to make frozen yogurt. I'll tell you what, I went for frozen yogurt two nights ago. Yeah. I took a sample. Here's how you do a sample you take the cup and you just catch those drippings from the last user and then you lick them in the cup. You see if you want it. Because I don't know. One man's cheesecake could be another man's malted vanilla. You don't know. Yeah. Take the big cup and let the drippings go in the cup and then you can lick those to see if you like the flavor. Well, you get it and you get what you get. Don't and if you don't like it, then you don't you, like it. What are you, a fucking communist? later. Yeah. Oh, you're just a Rockefeller? You're like just buying like crates of oatmeal? No, who gets only one flavor in the cup? Me. You get two flavors and then if one's bad, it's fine. You no. eat the other side. Then I only have half of what I paid for. You are too complacent. You are like a government hamster. You're like, they said to go to the feed bar at this time and this is my wheel. You don't question enough things. Because I'm not gonna, I'm leaving the people who did work at the, yogurt, at, me? at the yogurt factory because- alone. What? But I did hear that at some yogurt places, you can't get your own toppings, so they have them individually packaged for you, which I know I is, hate that. is awful. They have that at Yogurt Stop in West Hollywood, and it's like a packet of sprinkles. You're like, oh, cool, plastic with my overpriced? I'm cool. 
COVID's really setting us back in terms of the environment. No, what's setting us back is your tone in this episode. Now no one's having fun. I was going to ask Noah. He's across the room. Yeah, somebody screaming from across the room is not what the podcast is. I invited him over. He's busy. Okay. 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 Hi, Eliza, Emily, Baby Snow Peach, and the gang. I am a huge fan of the pod and always listen to it while I work. It makes for an entertained day. I have a dilemma and need your input. I work at Yogurtland. My husband, 26, and I, 28, are university grads and both pursued additional schooling to get our professional designations in accounting. The process was soul-crushing. You study 20-plus hours on top of full-time work, which, depending on the season, could be anywhere between 40 to 80 hours a week. I'm guessing the seasons are like tax season or not tax no, season. No, no, fruit-picking season. You know, grape season. There are module exams plus a cumulative exam at the end, which is written over three days and takes 13 hours. On top of that, the pay that new grads get is not great. This process took two plus years on top of a university degree. All this to say that going through it was not easy for either of us. This wasn't easy to listen to. That's a lot. After passing our exam in 2019, in early 2020, during lockdown, we both found new jobs that we like, bought a house, got a puppy, we're planning our wedding. Life was great other than COVID. In early 2021, we decided to casually start trying for a baby because I was worried that I may have reproductive issues. Casual sex. Since a lot of the women in my mom's side of the family had issues. We got pregnant on our first try. Six weeks later, a day after my husband's birthday, I had a miscarriage, which of course was heartbreaking, but I think I got over it pretty quickly. Talked to my therapist, friends, my mom thought I was okay. The kicker is that my best friend was also pregnant at the time with her second, and I later found out that our due dates would have been approximately a month apart. So, yeah, I had that. Fast forward to today. My husband and I got married. He proposed to me a few days after my miscarriage, and we got married four months later. So romantic. My dilemma now is whether or not I want to start trying again. Wait, oh. Emily, mm. you've got to screen these. That was so much context. It's like, important context. I learned all the details of how to become an accountant, but the question is about- It's important context. That's I want not to know important. about these people's lives. Okay. I'm just saying. They were very busy. I'm the only one in my group of four best friends that doesn't have kids. They each have at least one. But I also want to enjoy being carefree, especially given the fact that it took us longer than our friends to get our education. And then later COVID hit just as we finally regained our freedom. So okay. important. No. I don't want to be that girl and say that I might be running out of time the longer I wait. But very realistically, I might run into issues. I'm really torn about what I should do when my husband's nonchalant approach is making it worse. He says it's up to me to decide and he'll be happy either way. Any advice or wisdom will be greatly appreciated. Love to you all. You're 28? 28 and 26. This thing of like, I want to have my freedom. Do you have a plan? Like, do you have a, do you want to go to Fiji? Do you have a farm you want to run? This fear of like, I don't want to take steps forward because what am I giving up? If that's a real thing, maybe you don't want to be a mom, but you can always freeze your eggs. It sounds like you have the money to do that, to buy yourself time. I would go, I always say this, Come on, you know this. Go to a fertility specialist, see your options. Miscarriages are incredibly normal. It doesn't necessarily mean there's a problem. And just because people in your family have had problems doesn't mean you will. So go to a doctor, get your options. You are not in the biggest rush. You're not the youngest person. So weigh it all out. You're intelligent people. You deal with numbers all day. Um, But this thing of like, we want to stay carefree. Well, then maybe you do. Maybe kids aren't for you. Or maybe you just haven't been married long enough, you know? But there's no, by the way, there's no good time to have a kid. It's never the right time. You're too young, you're too old, you're too tired, you're too busy, we don't have money. So your life, like a tree growing around a fence, grows its way around it. Go to a doctor to get your options laid out. Because you go to see a doctor, you might be like, oh, you got two eggs left and one is rotten. Right, because she's saying like, oh, I don't know, so we should start trying. Well, you can find out without trying from yeah. the doctor. Or you could just keep try and find out in the meantime. Like just- yeah. 
It's a numbers game. But you don't need to have a baby just because everybody else is having a baby. I don't think she really thinks that. All your best friends have at least one. You can make a bunch of weird single friends or a bunch of weird married friends that don't have kids and you guys can all swing. You can talk about how fancy free you are with all your pokey edges in your house. Put a shirt on a dog, bring it. There's the, that's what I should have said at the very beginning. Put a shirt on a dog and bring it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza. I'm busy. And this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around. And I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Check it. Howdy, gang. Longtime fan of your comedy just recently discovered your pod, which I've been binging. Thank you. 
fucking binge that shit. Get my voice in your head. Some context. My BF, male 26 and I, female 28. Same as the last wow. people. No, no, no. It's the same girl and she's getting a different question. <laughs> a different, a different account. A no-go. A different name. I've been dating for a little more than a year and a half. Quarantine relationship. When I was younger, I worked at a Western boot store in Houston and I had a major crush on my boss. We'll call him Sam, who I messed around with while I was single, but we never officially dated. Fucking in the boots. Within the last five years, I moved back into oh my the God. part of Houston. Wait. They were knocking boots. <laughs> I moved back to the part of Houston where he still works for this Western boot store. And since I've moved back to town every year, right before rodeo season, I've gone back to see him because he gets me great discounts on boots. I've been able to purchase two pairs of Lucchese's boots for half price. I don't know who that is. Fancy boots. Sounds like a disease. So during the beginning of our relationship, my boyfriend commented that I have a lot of cowboy boots and I told him I've been getting more recently now that I've moved back to Houston. We then got into the story of who I get my discount through and how I know him. For almost all of COVID, I've been looking for a pair of red boots and I made the comment recently of, oh, I'll go see Sam at some point and see if he can find me a pair I like. Why do you have so many boots? Well, my boyfriend freaked out, got super jealous that I was still talking to Sam, admitted to me that he had stalked Sam's Facebook and was acting, in my opinion, very insecure about the whole situation. For the record, I don't actively talk to Sam. I only go to a store twice a year, once to order boots and then once to pick them up. We don't communicate in any way outside of a store. Since my BF freaked, he has now asked me to stop buying boots through Sam, but I'm very frustrated because cowboy boots are expensive and I love that discount, which saves me hundreds of dollars on each pair. I love my boyfriend. I'm not trying to manipulate him or make him jealous at all, but should I just give up the discount or I hate to say it, go behind his back and just not mention it if I do order another pair of boots? I'm not trying to be petty. This is so weird. But as a girl who loves to rodeo and stock her closet on a teacher salary, it's hard to do that. What are your thoughts? Should I kiss my discount goodbye or open this conversation up again? P.S. I'm sorry to say this to you after you said that you were excited she had your voice in her head. As I was reading this back to myself before submitting it, I was reading it in Emily's voice. I'm so sorry if that was too much context. Love the pod. Next time you come to Texas, please come to Houston too. Yours is definitely more cheesy. I'm looking uh, at how much expensive these are. Your it, it voice is easier to imitate. No one really does an impression of me. I always wish they would, but nobody ever does. Um, yeah, okay. These boots are like anywhere from like, Six hundred to three thousand dollars. Okay, I mean, here's the other thing: you're a teacher, so you don't work in the rodeo. You like to go to the rodeo. You are the Carrie Bradshaw of the boot world. Uh-huh. You have an addiction to boots, and I don't think like take it easy. There's animals dying to make these boots. You don't need this many boots. Yeah, I think you like seeing Sam, and I wonder. If you don't really communicate with him outside of what you said. And I also wonder, let's say you don't. I think you like the thrill of seeing him. I think you like flirting with him. I think you like knowing that you still have this connection because you're still attracted to Sam. I do not think you're being a thousand percent honest with yourself. But let's say it's above board. You only see him the twice a year. Your boyfriend needs to chill out. Yeah. For sure. He's wrong. Your boyfriend's wrong. I think I would look at like your weird connection to these boots and why do you need so many expensive boots? And But fine. You know what? If that's your thing and you get the discount, uh, I'm sure Sam can give you like an employee code that you can use. Um, plus, if it's only twice a year, your boyfriend, this is not the guy for you. Sorry. Maybe your boyfriend's been cheated on by some boot shilling <laughs> manager in the past. I don't know. But both of you are not totally right, but you're Boyfriend is totally wrong. What if the boyfriend pays 
the money you get from the discount. <laughs> no, because it's not about that. It's about trusting you. Yeah. To, to interact with someone. The, to go to a store once. You're weird about the boots, but your boyfriend is wrong. Yeah. It's not like this is your ex that you're not over and you see him every day or you see him every week. So I think it's odd also. He's like, you got a lot of boots. You're like, yep, I love boots. Part of you wanted him to know that there's this hot dude that's still in your orbit that you dabble with. There's a little bit of that there. So and I, I won't be taught otherwise, but your boyfriend needs to let it go. He's got to be secure. Yeah. You Don't give it. up this boot discount unless there is something weird with Sam. There's something going on. And also this will manifest itself in other ways. Your boyfriend will be this way about other things. So he's showing you who he is. Don't be a dumb girl and be like, but it's okay. I can be told what to do. This is not about like respecting your husband or something. This is a boyfriend who's like upset that you get a discount. It's weird. Yeah. So something's up. Yeah. The boyfriend's wrong. And the boots are weird. Boots are weird. Do you want a sad fact about Tianfu? Uh-huh. Okay. Always. So, so Vitamare Does someone know her? No, but- Is it about her dying one day? No, they have a theory. Hi, Liza. Not a question, but I may have an answer to a question you had. I heard your Embark commercial and you wondered why Tianfu put her toys in the closet. (gasps) I don't believe that's a breed trait, but rather the unfortunate lasting effects of being an abused street dog. No! Even though she feels safe, dogs will always carry scars from their past, literally and figuratively. She remembers having nothing, searching for something to eat, trying so hard just to survive. And there's also a chance she had babies, as is the case with most female street dogs. So she sees her toys as hers, and they are one of her most prized and special things. She could be putting her toys in the closet because she remembers trying to protect her babies if she did have puppies, or she remembers when she had no food. So she's trying to protect them to make sure nothing happens to them. It's so heartbreaking that we can't explain to them that the life they had is in the past when we see them trying to hide or protect something. But thank you for saving her. I don't know. She got a lot of toys all over the house. They are in every room all over the house. But she does squirrel them away in corners where she sleeps. Yeah. And she likes to bring them into the bed. Uh, I'll take it all. I'll take all the sad reasons. Yeah. Oh, let me scoop you up. Oh, I can't because she's wedged she's under my wedged. chair. <laughs> I can't get wedged she's into so the plastic. She's so um, That breaks my heart. Because she will bark with it in her mouth. Like, hey, well, and if she gets scared before she runs, she picks it up. And if she gets excited. If you're like, yeah. hi, she's like, let me get my things. Yeah. Could be a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Incidentally, hates other dogs, hates smaller dogs, hates babies, hates children. So who knows? She came to greet me today with what I thought might be a new toy. It was like a big. Yeah. Is that new? The big like lamb or something? It's somewhat new, but like she just has so many and they're all, it looks like we run a daycare. She came to the door like. (laughs) They're all around the toy. Yeah. (laughs) She likes her things. And I just, all I want to do is give her more things at the expense of people's health and safety. (laughs) She Lee Stevenson, 19. Hey, Liza. My question is a little different, but I want to know if I'm the only one. Don't say you're 28, your boyfriend's 26. (laughs) Have you ever had anyone who you never talked to or never officially met whose face you just couldn't stand? For instance, all the time. I grew up in a small town in Canada and there was this kid who was somewhat of a small town star named Daniel, who everyone thought was so cute and so talented. You know, I remember sitting in audiences when Daniel would appear and I was looking left to right, also as a kid, but older than this untalented, non-cute motherfucker, wondering, am I alone? Does no one else see that this kid sucks at singing in this parrot getup? And if it were socially acceptable, he would get a swift kick in the ass with a frozen boot? No. Anyway, just wondering, 
if you also ever had someone you just saw their face and said, no, not ever. And others were like, yes, more. Anyway, that's it. And I'm not evil. It was never adult on kid hate. I was a kid. And then I thought when I thought these thoughts, hope you have a lovely day. Also, hi, Emily Lee Stevenson. Frozen boot is such a Western Canadian thing. They have like all these like sayings. Uh, Anyway, um, that's so funny. Uh, Yes. And the answer is it's called Hollywood. On a nightly basis, I'm like, what does everyone see in this actor, actress, comedian, singer? Like, what are you talking about? And that is just the way of the world. And I'm sure if you met him and he was nice, you'd be like, okay. Usually the difference is like the anonymity of not knowing, like not really being intimately acquainted with someone. And like, I'll see an actress and be like, God, I fucking hate, I think she's a bad actress. And then you meet her, she's like, oh my God, she's so nice. Yeah. And that, you know, that's why people say horrible things to me or other celebrities online. And then you actually speak to them. They're like, I'm actually really sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Cause you're like, oh, you didn't know I was human. You fucking turd. Difference is I keep my opinions to myself. I don't go and like harass people. But I definitely know how you feel. I felt that way many times where I'm just like, what is everyone talking about? This person isn't great. Um, And there is something really annoying about a little kid who isn't great. And people are like, no, you're doing it. And you're like, I don't believe in kids singing. I think there's too many. All of a sudden, every kid is like really good at singing. Like, when did that happen? So here's what's weird. I was talking to a woman who was Elphaba on Broadway, Nicole Parker. And I was asking, I was like, do people come out with that voice? Like, are you born and you can sing? And she was like, no. And it's interesting because now that kids have more like tapes available to them, like they can go listen to like the Wicked cast recording as opposed to kind of just listening to older, like all of this Broadway and stuff. Uh And she said when she coaches kids in camps and stuff, she has to tell them like, it's not just being loud. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. But like that kids, they kind of reflect. So right now there's kind of like the Wicked, Hamilton, like that kind of thing is kind of what kids are listening and imitating Mm -hmm. and coming up with. Um, My friend Jody was on America's Got Talent and she has this whole bit about how like, and I do think this is annoying, like a nine-year-old like is like, it's always been my dream. It's like, you're nine. I don't care about your dream. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. It's not even fully formed yet. Or when they definitely don't know what the song means that they're singing. Well, that's always the uncomfortable thing, like singing something sexual. Like I, my sister sings and I remember her singing that Carrie Underwood song, the one about like like wrecking someone's vehicle. Oh, before he cheats? Yeah, she's like 10 and she's just like shooting whiskey, scraping up that car. So, I mean, that's that's innocent and it's whatever. But uh, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. On a daily basis, I'm like, why? There's also that thing where it's like someone sometimes represents something to a group of people or to a certain argument. So while that person isn't great, it's, you know, who we're upholding as women of a minority or of a certain underrepresented group. And like, and that's why representation is important so that we get the best representation versus like just whoever was available. That's the biggest argument when when people talk about like women in comedy. You know, when you're watching a show and you see a girl and let's say she sucks randomly. So people are stupid enough to be like, see, women suck. Ignoring the fact that like three of the guys on that lineup sucked, but there were six others who were good. So the takeaway is, Like if you meet someone of another color and they do something stereotypical, you're like, see, they all do it because nobody thinks like, well, maybe the other 8 billion don't. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I think it's it's an exposure thing. Yeah. I don't like a popular little kid. Somebody's like, this little kid's great. I don't care. Remember when I said JoJo C was a lesbian years ago? I called it. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. I called it. I also think. She opened a 
dance studio in Burbank. Good for her. Because she only really represents, look, there's always like the dance mom side of stuff, but like, here's a girl who was like, this is what I love doing and I'm going to do it. Enthusiastic and pumped. Not hurting anyone. And the fact that she's gay, which I called forever ago, because I could tell, um, is even better. Yeah. Who says you have to be a certain way. So good for her. Good for her and her I'm not going to buy any of that weird shit, but I'm also not 10. Yeah. Have you ever seen her wrapped car driving on the highway? She drives a car fully wrapped with her face just around town. So people spot it all the time, which I think is so funny. Like lawyers do it. You got to be your biggest advocate. 100%. This like thing, especially for like being a woman, like be humble. It's like, uh, this is the internet. No, get people to go look up your videos. Monash. Sometimes you and Emily seem like such the odd couple, but clearly have a lovely relationship. What are your common interests? Me, (laughs) me, my career, (laughs) things that I say that are funny. (laughs) Um, I'll send you pictures of like cat paws. Yeah, but that's not our common interest. Uh, I I think the answer is me. I mean, it's not you work for me. You were a fan of mine before, not in a creepy way. Mm-hmm. We both have an interest in. I worked my in schedule. the industry. Yeah, I don't think we really have Barks root beer. <laughs> that's the fabric that holds our relationship. I don't think we have to. Also, because we happen to have like a really lovely relationship at work, but. An employee and employer, they don't have to have common interests. No. The interest is I pay you, you do a job that you enjoy, I think. Yeah. And it is me because it is my business. You work for me and I am my business. Yeah. We both love animals. I think we're both pretty level-headed. We tend to agree on a lot of things. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't think we I really feel like any. we don't have specific things in common, but I feel like like we get along pretty easily. Do you know Maybe what I because mean? we don't have anything in common. Maybe. Like if I was also always talking about like a I would love if you would charisma carpenter thriller. Charisma Carpenter just booked a new gig. Oh my her. god. Yeah, that's I think that's why we get along because I'm able to I think we each are regularly able to tune out the other one. <laughs> I, I can't still think, tune you out. No, you're a pretty active listener. I have to, I have to do what you say. <laughs> I think I don't know I don't I don't think we have anything in common. I guess we really don't. We both drive well, I think this is your Almost last matching cars. Yeah, we do drive, <laughs> both drive blue Honda Civics built in 1990. Yeah. <laughs> we both kind of let our cars get dirty. Mine's done been doing good though on the inside. Mine's been doing good on the inside. <laughs> Yours is clean because you have a garage. I have a garage. I have leather seats, which are easier to clean. I don't spend my days fueling my car with farts, <laughs> Frito dust, whatever you do in there. Eating Fritos in the car. Those you know are what? saved for my home. We both have in common. We both have a really good sense of humor. Mm. Sounds like a little dark. <laughs> and you are very good. You're very good at laughing at yourself. I make by that I mean if I make fun of you, you always laugh. And I'm always amazed that you're not like that was offensive. <laughs> no, yeah. So that's cool. But one day what I'll just break down crying. That's what I'm building toward. <laughs> so you're that's what I'm working toward. I was I thought today would be the day. No, not yet. Not yet. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Bottom of the cup. I know, really teasing it. <laughs> <laughs> so morbid. Kick it. <laughs> Stephanie Baxter says, Hi, Eliza and Emily. I'm a huge fan. Can't wait to see when you finally make it to London in November. Yes. Yeah, guys, keep wearing your mask over there so she can come. Yeah, all of you, Europe, and you hungry. I firstly want to say thank you, Eliza, for speaking so candidly about your miscarriage. You're welcome. I miscarried <laughs> it 10 weeks back in May, and it's comforting to know I'm not alone. 
Since losing my baby, I feel like my life has been thrown into disarray. I have a loving husband, a nice home, stable job, great family and friends, but I can't help but feeling completely discontent. I'm 30 and I'm struggling to get myself out of this toxic mindset. I'm interested to know what would you suggest? Thank you so much. I don't understand. So this person miscarried a man. They're just still feeling just like in a slump. That's so recent. No, it's not. May? June, July, August. That's three months later. I don't know. I guess it depends on how, where you are, like age-wise, you know? And part of me is like, if you're really young, you, 30. Might, you might like attach a lot to this or you might feel like you're running out of time. Um, I would just go talk to someone simply because most, I, I mean, I was able to bounce back very quickly. You may have wanted this so, so bad. And if you did, you know- then it's going to hurt a lot more. Of course, I wanted it too, but not in a way that like I'd always dreamed of a child and I thought about it. So I would talk to someone and get your feelings out because it's a bummer of a thing and it definitely doesn't put you in a mood to be like, oh, I can't wait to get back to having sex. Um, And it scares you because then when you do get pregnant again, you're always going to be thinking about that as I do, as millions of women do. So I think you would benefit from just a little bit of therapy or just talking to someone because you're allowed to feel this way, but you don't want this... To, to affect your future chances um, because it's happened, it's, o- it's over, and it's completely normal. Um, it's not good. It's just something that happens. So you're not alone. We don't talk about it enough. Maybe joining a group, talking to other women about their experience, but there's no reason to keep feeling this sad. But of course, your feelings are your feelings, you know? Yeah, whether you talk to someone in person or do like something like BetterHelp, just having, I think, kind of a neutral third party to discuss it with. Maybe take a little trip, you know, get out there, enjoy, get drunk, do it while you can. Fucking get wasted and just like eat a bunch of mushrooms and oysters or oyster mushrooms. Combine all three. No wonder. Raw fish and raw egg. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, "Mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. Can't. Anonymous. Hi, gang. I've been a big fan since war paint days, and I'm so excited for your baby girl. For context, my husband and I have two fur babies, one male boxer mix and one female dachshund. Lately, our male dog has been incessantly going to town on our little dogs. 
Don't worry, she loves the attention. And the other night, my husband made the remark of, we've got to give her a bath or something. She must be giving off some sort of odor to him. I politely diverged the conversation to this statement is what's wrong with our society, assuming it's her doing something to cause this behavior when really our boxer is just a fucking horn dog. Safe to say he did not take the comment well and can't seem to grasp this idea that's continuing in our society. My question is, what advice do you have for trying to communicate about this issue slash convey that it really is a thing to a male? Wait. Okay. We also have a one-year-old son, and it's really important to me that he isn't raised on this track of thinking. Thanks so much. Can't wait to see you in St. Louis. I think you're reading way too much into this. There's, it's they say it like when a dog's in heat, and you do give off a scent, and you do give off a pheromone. Hopefully, they're the dog is neutered, spayed. Yeah, but that's neither here nor there. Like, so it is an animalistic thing. This is how the animal kingdom works, and what separates us is consent. (laughs) Uh, It isn't as if you're. Dachshund is dressing a certain way in like a dog halter top and we're blaming her. Your husband's not wrong. They do give these off and your dog isn't a pervert. Your dog is acting on animal instinct. This is what dogs do. These are animals. But you need to, instead of saying like, we got to wash the little dog more, you got to get the big dog off the little dog. You have to neuter your big dog, but also like see both. Maybe it is a comp. Maybe you do have to wash or get the anal glands expelled or whatever, but you know, are the both dogs fixed? If so, then it's a behavioral issue with the big dog. But we don't know that. that. But we don't know that. Because if they're not, then that's just nature. Yeah. So I don't know. You shouldn't be letting this happen. Yeah, but I wouldn't worry about like, oh no, my kid's going to think that these are animals. Is your kid also- Yeah, but I mean, that's- Look into that. Get back to us. I'd like to know. (laughs) Are they, yeah, are they better be spayed, neutered, et cetera? Yeah, if they're not, it's a different conversation. If they're not, Bob Barker would be mad at you. Nobody gets that reference, but that's cool. <laughs> Do you? Was he like a big advocate for spaying and neutering At the animals? end of every show, he'd be like, make sure to spay and neuter your animals. My microphone's tiny. <laughs> Bye-bye. Dear illustrious Eliza, enigmatic Emily, and precious Snow Peach, congratulations on the baby news. My husband and I saw you in Anaheim during the drive-in tour, and yes. I was so happy you signed my copy of Girl Logic with Stars and Moons because I'm in aerospace and defense. Is that why I must have done it for that reason? You must have told me, right? I don't just normally doodle Put stars and moons on someone's property, <laughs> on someone's property that they're asking you to sign. I'm I don't <laughs> normally take the time to like draw a caricature of outer space. My question for you is unique. How do you hone? Is your- it though? <laughs> How do you hone your ability to read an audience? I'm learning my way around office politics, and while it might have been okay to be oblivious to religious slash political beliefs as an entry-level analyst, I'm quickly realizing that part of being an executive means being able to quickly read a room and understand the audience that you're speaking to. I'm not the best at knowing when it's appropriate to crack certain jokes or if to even make jokes at all because it's hard to read a room in 10 seconds. You, on the other hand, have a commanding stage presence at every show. I can tell you know when to dial it up on certain jokes depending on the city and the audience demographic. How do you do it? Do you test the waters with an opener? Is it a vibe check detector that you've just honed over years of perfecting your craft? Mm-hmm. Are there specific facial expressions, body language mm-hmm. signals mm-hmm. that are dead giveaways? Love you so incredibly much. Can't wait to see you in May 2022 in San Diego. Cheers, Ari. You know, it is, um, it's a skill. It's a skill that I've honed, but it's also a sort of innate ability. Um, A big part of comedy when you really, really start to practice it and explore it. And we're not talking like reading your jokes or just doing your 10 minutes and getting out of there and getting your free drink. A big part of it is this like metaphysical thing 
and feeling a vibration. It's not dissimilar to when you meet someone, you're like, that's a bad vibe or your spidey senses go off. And I've done it. I mean, you're wanting, I'm not saying you're a bad person. You're wanting this to be imbued with this power, but there's 10,000 hours that went into this of doing all meeting all different kinds of audiences in all different kinds of environments and having an understanding of just the way people are um, demographically, you know, geographically. And, and also I can kind of say whatever I want because I'm a comic. You are working under a different metric because you're not there to be funny. And, you know, there's different rules applied to that and there's different uh, punishments, you know, if you say the wrong thing or whatever. So, um, people sign up at a comedy show for a little bit of danger. They're not signing up for that when they go to work. So I kind of, I wouldn't think about that as much, but the truth is I've just done it a lot. Just like you can probably look at a crab nebula and know the names of the gases. It's just a skill. It's like how a basketball player knows like where to throw the ball on the court or like when to drive to the basket. Like it's just, it becomes something that you, that I take great pride in. And in terms of like when to dial it up, when to pull it back, that's just an energy thing. You can just, it's just the practice. So, you know, also talking to people, you know, the more people you talk to, the more you can confirm the roots of stereotypes or sentiments or feelings, but you kind of just never know. I always tend to like, if I'm taking a meeting, like I always kind of try to talk to the men like men. And I always try to talk to the women like men because people like to be spoken to honestly. Um, and kind of, I always like to cut to like what it is that we're all here for. There is something to be said for walking and be like, look, I know we all want to go to lunch. Like, what's the thing that we all want? We all want to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So let's make this go quickly. You know, um, remembering that we are all alike. We all want a good time. We all want to get the information. We all want to do a good job and kind of going, I guess from there. But the answer is it just takes a lot of practice. Pride is and be observant. Yeah. And a desire to really connect with people. Last night, I looked at this guy and I was, I was like asking people where they're from. And I was like, you, you're Jewish. And he was like, yeah. I was like, I can tell by the way you sit. Like there's just, you just, if you look at enough faces and you know enough about people and you've traveled to enough places, you start to be able to guess. If my Uber driver is African and he has a really elegant accent, nine times out of 10, they're going to be Nigerian. We just have more Nigerians here than we do from another country. You're rarely going to meet someone from like the Ivory Coast, you know? And so it's just about- Collecting data, but never using it maliciously just to inform your perspective. Mm-hmm. That's all. Knowing that Armenian names always end in I-A-N. Like little things that just kind of make you look like it, you're like this amazing, you have the superpower, but really you just paid attention. Well, maybe at your job don't talk to people about where their ethnicities, but... <laughs> no, do it. There's nothing wrong with being like just curious like of your story. But you don't have to be you like, don't ask a white person that. You don't say like, what's your story? Like, where are you? People yes, get you mad do. when they're asked like, where where are you from? And it's like, I'm from Connecticut. And that's okay. No, you don't have to say, where are you from? Like that. But you can just be like, hey, I just, I don't really know you. I'd love to know a little bit about you. People ask me that all the time in interviews. Where are you from? Where'd you get started? I don't take offense to it. There's a way to ask it. Yeah. And I don't think any person of color would get offended if you, they can tell your intention. They're not like, you know, it's not like, what country should you be going back to? You know, if you're just, hear the last name, take a guess. I love guessing. You know, there's a way to do it and be disarming about it. Nobody's offended if they're from Mexico and you're like, what was it like growing up in Mexico? No, but it's like, as long as you're asking the white people the same questions and you're not othering the other people in your office. For sure, for sure. So it's all about the way you do it, how you do it. And by the way, 
it's okay if the person's like dark and you're like, where are you from? And they're like, Connecticut. You're like, oh, cool. I've been to Connecticut. Just take their answer and go with it. You don't have to dig any deeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're talking to, if you're trying to get to know all your employees. And by the way, you also don't have to start with that. Like you can get to know them and then you can ask that. It doesn't have to be, you can get to know someone without knowing where they grew up. Yeah. I don't know where most people grew up. Cause it's boring. Cause it's fucking Ohio. Yeah. So. Okay. Hi, it's Emily, sweet baby Snow Peach. I have a real ethical dilemma and could use some of Eliza's sage wisdom. I had this teacher in high school, was always one of my favorites. He was super cool, helped me more than any other educator had, encouraged me and other kids, was super passionate, just all around great educator. So I got a little older and moved on to college and beyond. He would sometimes comment on my Facebook posts or message me if he thought I might find something interesting. Like his penis. I never got a weird yeah. feeling from it, and he so. never said anything that was problematic or predatory. So. I stopped by my old high school a couple times to say hi. I would even ask him to read some of the papers I'd written for my college classes. He'd become a great mentor to me, and I valued his support, especially since I've always had a very rocky relationship with most other male authority figures in my life. But then a couple years later, I started to learn some disturbing things about him. The first one I heard was really hard to confirm. And in all honesty, the source was not the most reliable person, so I kind of forgot about it. It was about where he was from. Delve into it any further. For a while, though, I started to hear more and more stories of him sleeping with former students, messaging them online at odd hours, even going to see one at the strip club where she worked. Oh, and I should probably mention he's been married for like 11 years. Most of these instances have occurred during that time. This has made me think, what if all the attention he gave his students, especially the female ones, all the mentoring was just grooming? I want to believe that isn't the only reason why he seeks people out and helps them, but it's possible. (laughs) He's still doing it. (laughs) He's seeking them out. I also don't necessarily think it's a huge coincidence that most of the girls he used to give the most praise slash encouragement to in class were attractive. I used to be in such denial because at the risk of sounding vain, it was just so strange to me that he never made any kind of advance towards me, especially given all the times we were alone together. And so I tried to convince myself it couldn't be true. But obviously now that I'm older and wiser and have a better understanding of feminism, it makes me feel so angry, disgusted, and betrayed. The advocate and ally in me wants to do something about this, but I just don't want to go into it with no ground to stand on. Part of me wants to confront him and really put the pressure on him to admit what he's done and make him explain himself. To have you? him look someone in the eye who used to look up to him and whose self-worth was partially supported by what they thought was his authentic encouragement and make him understand how shitty it is and make sure it doesn't continue with future students. But the other part of me is just so conflicted. At the end of the day, he didn't assault anyone. For all I know, he could be in an open relationship. But still, what he's doing is so wrong. I don't know if I can just stand by any longer and not address it. Please Is he help. sleeping with high schoolers? So he's giving very individualized, specialized attention to high school students. Then they graduate and then he sleeps with them after he's groomed them by building look, these relationships. Look, the fact that you feel, look, your feelings are totally valid. Um, and of course, it's like, well, it didn't happen to me. So, oh, well, you know, and that's great that you want to be an advocate. But he doesn't necessarily owe you an apology. And he doesn't necessarily owe you an apology on behalf of what he's done. And you're absolutely right. You don't know the circumstances. And from what it sounds like, this these were legal relationships. I doubt it's all above board. I don't think someone operates that way and like doesn't have a slip up. Who knows? But, you know, are you going to dedicate your life to this? Are you going to, you know, get dragged down with him? Are you going to open up an investigation? Like, I think you feel a weirdly taken advantage of um, 
I think part of you is like, why did you hit on me? No, I'm just kidding. But I think there's not much for you to do. No, I'm wondering if it's even like- You could email the other girls from your class. You know, because if there is something deeper and you want to go down that road, that's always something you can do. But he doesn't owe you an apology. Do you tell like the school board? Like, I can't imagine that you should be dating your former, like multiple former students. But it's like, again, it's like, it's not illegal. It's just- it's so hard because that group, he's definitely grooming these girls. Yeah, yeah. And he's building up their confidence Talk to in the him. other girls in your class. Ask around. But I don't, it's, it's kind of like, do you want to spend your time on this? Yeah. You know, um, maybe his wife knows, maybe he doesn't. We had a uh, a teacher like that in my college who was so cool. And I always got, he was never inappropriate. Like I always got this, the vague sense, like if I wanted to sleep with this guy, I bet I could. And I never wanted to. He was always super cool, cool teacher. And in the end, he had an affair with a student and he killed himself. Oh. And he was married. So mm. while I do think there's more there, you just have to ask yourself, like, is this the hill you want to die on? Right. I guess it's also that thing of she's worried about future students. But again, it's like, it's not illegal. It's hard to- It's hard. It's hard to- I would talk to the other not, girls in your class and yeah. just see. Yeah. Maybe one of them is like, yeah, he had sex with me. Then it's something you can do something with. But right now, until you have that, and it also, I hate to say this, but while it's creepy because it's not illegal, I think accusing someone of something like this often weakens the case of legitimate people. Like we have a lot, a big problem with this in comedy. And there's this blurry line between a guy who hurt someone versus a guy who was just unethical and did something creepy. And it's like, look, the law is there for a reason. Like is what he did wrong? Yes. Is it illegal? No. So you got to kind of be very black and white about it. Because people tune these kind of things out if there's no substance to them. Hmm. So do your own research privately if that's something you want to dedicate your time to. Yeah. Hi, Liza and Emily. First time question, long time Eliza fan. I have a question on how to let a guy down gently. What? The teeth on the metal right next to the mic. That's... I'm a 23-year-old female who works in the marine science field. So I'm not a nurse, but I will hopefully be going to grad school soon. I have this guy friend that I've gotten closer to, even caught feels for a hot sec that I've been talking to. His job makes him work on ships for most of the year with only a month or two off at a time, but sometimes he has internet and we can chat and all that. Cool. cool. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Before he got sent overseas- Sounds like a great catch. I kind of thought I liked him and things got a little flirtier. I always knew he had a crush on me and we got to meet up one time in the spring and it was a lot of fun. And we got to meet up one time. Anyway, in July, he got sent overseas so we can't talk and I had the literal worst month ever. My eight-month-old puppy got parvo- a giant stab wound, and an ulcer. So I was super sad and depressed. The whole experience made me see how hard it is to emotionally invest in someone who can't be around when you need support and I don't want to do it again. Murphy is fine now. Okay, phew. Because that's a lot going on with Murphy. I mean, is he? Who stabbed stabbed him? Yeah. Oh, God. So basically my question is, how do I nicely tell him I don't want to do, do long stop distance? stabbing my dog? I don't really see the point. I've tried to voice my concerns several times. He somehow wrangles me back and convinces me it's okay. But this time I want to be done. Can you just stop answering the emails? I'm awful at confrontation. I do care about him. So I don't want to hurt him too bad. He's made it clear that he really likes me and is willing to bend over backward to make it work. But I don't want him to. We aren't even dating technically, but I know he's assuming we will once he gets off the ship. I feel so guilty about leading him on. He's about to be in port and I know he'll be up my ass soon. And I want him to get the picture so I don't feel guilty trying to avoid his calls and texts. Look, first of all, you're his lifeline. You're the one like on land being a person. He's the one like in a fish processing, floating fish processing plant. 
the middle of the Bering Strait. So you're all he has, which is why he's investing so much. And he's not bending over backward. He's not switching jobs. He's just, you know, I'm not saying he's a bad person, but like he's just using you as his lifeline to normalcy. You can be very clear and concise in an email and then you just put him on spam and you block the call. You're done. If he won't take no for an answer, like that's weird. Yeah. You don't want that kind of energy. In fairy tales, it's always like we, or in movies, it's always like, and the guy who didn't take no for an answer, there's no, and then there's no. There's like, no, I don't know. Come on. I don't think I want to see you. And the guy's like, I can find a way in. If you keep allowing him back in, then you're teaching him how to treat you. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're over this guy. Yeah. It's not like you had some fun. It's not worth it. You see not him once it. a year. Doesn't Don't need to do this. Just like, or just be like, I started seeing someone. Mm-hmm. But I say you lay it all out. You can give him a chance to respond. And there's a chance that he's respectful. But I guarantee you when he comes into port, he's going to try to contact you. So it sounds harsh, but just block. He'll get over it and he'll move on. After you tell him. Yeah. yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. Hello, Liza and Emily. My boyfriend and I are in our mid-20s and have been dating for almost two years. We spend almost every day together and have been debating about moving in together in the future. I admire his ambition and we share many hobbies slash life goals. I admire his ambition to move in with me. Leading me to believe he could be a good future roommate and maybe future husband slash partner. Ooh, but first roommate. Mm. I'm open about my thoughts and feelings, encouraging him to do the same with me. However, when I recently asked him what he liked about me, he wasn't able to give more than a surface level response, saying that he liked having someone to spend time with and that I had good emotional intelligence. In my mind, you could say that with just about anyone you're close friends with. What are your thoughts? No way. I have friends who are idiots. Also, you're saying like he is a good roommate partner. Yeah. And you're like, he's not giving me You both me sound enough. like robots. Yeah, that's a great call, Emily. Also, that's a tough question. Like, what do you like about me? Yeah. Um. Also, men are not as verbal. And it might be just more of a feeling. Like, he knows he likes you. Maybe he loves you. It just may not be his forte. Yes, he could have been like, I think you're really pretty. And you'd be like, just pretty. I'm just a set of lips to you on the top and bottom. So, you know, emotional, that's a good answer versus like, you are nice. Cut the, you know, you're spending enough time with him. So clearly he likes you enough. What were you expecting to Yeah, hear? what did you want? I think there's a, it's a little weird that you asked that. Did you reciprocate with, well, here's what I like about you. But also like some men are all about action. The amount yeah. of times he's sitting across the room, I'll be like, huh? like Noah, talk to me. And he's like, I don't really know. I don't know what's going on. Not doing all great comments. What? <laughs> I am talking about you. <laughs> but then anything I ask him to do ever, he does it. And his actions are always so loving. Like, what is that face? I mean, it's not that you're like. I'm saying that. <laughs> what's happening? I feel like nice what's thing. nice, I, but you're saying it's nice Emily's that like- Emily's making a face at well, our love. Because you're saying it's nice that like really when you- <laughs> Emily doesn't know anything. I know that you're saying it's nice that when you make demands, he does it, but I think not it's a, nicer excuse that me, he, Not he, demands, no, no. But you're saying whenever I ask him let to me do finish. something, he does it, but I think what's nice oh is God. that he goes out of his way to do things that you haven't asked for. That's You didn't let me finish. You started making a weird face. I asked you what it was. It's not about demands. I don't demand anything. Men are all about actions. I say this all the time. So it's in with it's through his actions that I see how much he loves me versus like, why aren't you speaking to me? Why aren't you talking shit on this friend? Why aren't you telling me how you feel? You know, it's in the food he makes me and the little things that he does to make my life easier to show me that he cares. So I would look for, does this guy do those things? Maybe he's more of a shower. 
versus just like you didn't say the right word at the right time. But also, did you tell him what I like about you is you are a good roommate. You could be good. That's partner. what I said. You you get an F for this whole conversation because you hijacked what I with my sentiment. Because you are questioning me about my face. You made a weird face on purpose. You looked at you were like. Argh. That being said, I would love a <laughs> and I can't provide he's always like just give that's but that speaks to the way men are wired he's like girls are very like guess guess what I want and guys are like please just tell me what you want so I can execute all he ever wants to do he's like all I ever want to do is feed you and get you the food that you want I'm like I don't know what I'm in the mood for he's like I just whatever you want and it's true I've never seen this man write down a grocery list but anything I say he comes home with it and it's always the finest peaches the finest melon Develop an entire show about limiting trips to the grocery store. Yeah, hold, Dan, don't panic pantry. <laughs> he tries. So maybe don't, in, in case this guy is great, maybe give him credit for what he does do. But there's also the version where like the relationship is not that great. So yeah, just remember men are more about actions than words. Mm. Hi to everyone on the AIA mm. fam. That's your answer. Mm. I look forward to Wednesdays because all of you, I desperately need Eliza's wisdom. Over the years, I've made my fair share Wait, of mistakes. Question. Does it hurt your feelings if people are like, utilizes wisdom, not your no. grunting? <laughs> not at all. Over the years, I've made my fair share of mistakes in relationships, friendships, and life in general that I'm sure have unintentionally hurt people. I even got engaged and soon after called it off. Lately, all this baggage has been weighing on my conscience. Without going into detail, I've never done anything horrible to anyone, just the usual stupid slash selfish decisions. Is this, selfish, a les- is this a lesbian? Uh, I don't think so. Selfish decisions of someone in their early 20s. I'm currently getting my master's in counseling. Yes, I fit your listener stereotype in a happy relationship and have a small group of really great friends, but somehow I still feel like all the mistakes and people in my past have an effect on my confidence. I hate the thought of having hurt anyone in the past. I know it's unrealistic for everyone in life to love you, but I just can't shake the feeling. My question is, how do you forgive yourself for oh, yeah. who you've been in the past? Thanks so much. Give Snow Peach and Gracie smooches for me. I'm gonna lick the inside of her mouth for you. Listen, <laughs> um, you're only human and it's okay that you broke off an engagement. I don't know how you did it, but that person's probably better off without you as you are with them. You're also in your 20s. And I really believe like nothing that you do in life should count before the age of 30. Not the way you broke up with someone, not the way you left a job, not the thing you did on the internet. Like just give people a fucking break. You're still figuring out life. There's also the version where the people that you feel you've left this indelible mark on don't feel the same way. So it's a little narcissistic, but let's say you did something awful. You can always reach out and just do a full mea culpa and I bet it would clear your conscience. But sometimes it depends if it's like just for you. Like I remember yeah. I had a Facebook yeah. message from someone from like high school that I had totally, or maybe middle school, I'd totally forgotten. And she was like, now sober, doing the 12 steps. And she's yeah. like, I'm sorry for all those times I cheated off of you uh. or like bullied you into making you help me with my homework. And I'm like, I had fully forgotten all of that. Exactly. So, okay. So there's, there's always that, you know, so you don't know how the other person's going to react. And it is for you because you're trying to make yourself feel better. I would separate making yourself feel better from like if you actually cause the pain. Yes. You know, you don't need to apologize for a breakup. You really don't. Like you're in your early 20s, breakups happen. I don't know how you did it. Yeah, if you were a monster. Yeah, and you're saying you're not. So I think there's something deeper there. I, and I said narcissist. I am reticent to say it because it may just be you're just being harsh on yourself also because you haven't lived that much life. So these experiences, mm-hmm. like, you know, when you're little, you keep a blanket with you or like a stuffed animal. Cause like that's your world. 
And you, when you're older, you have like your one best friend. And then as you get older, you don't need that blanket. You don't need those security things because your world gets bigger. So the bigger your world gets, the less pressure you will have put, the less precious those experience will have been. Mm-hmm. Separate what makes you feel better versus an apology you actually owe someone. Yeah. And you can send a couple emails, make a fo- couple phone calls. I guarantee everyone will be like, hey, thanks. I really appreciate that. Relationships, it's a little different. You know, if someone loved you and you broke up, maybe just leave it alone. Mm-hmm. I don't, my heart does not ache for anyone or from any, even if we love them, boyfriend that I had forever ago. And if any of them reached out now, I'd be like, what's up? Get can away. I help you? Yeah. Yeah. Give yourself a break. You didn't do anything that bad and there's too much pressure. Maybe get off the internet. Hi, Liza and Emily. I just found the podcast from a recommendation from my friend, but you, I love Eliza's comedy specials on Netflix. Do you not pronounce the D in podcast? Podcast. Found the podcast. 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 I guess I don't. I guess I don't either. That's what we have in common. <laughs> That's everything. Pod- podcast. 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 Pod. Pod. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl and Branch. Go to bowlandbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I have found myself binging episodes of your advice and feel that writing in for my issue below is appropriate. Okay, and by the way, this person is a grad student. They say in a later message. <laughs> I got a smart audience, I guess, you know. I need advice for dealing with my financially irresponsible friend. AKA, Let's call her Sarah. I am Sarah. Friend from high school. Okay. Sarah and I have been friends for about 10 years. We're currently 26. Sarah has had consistent jobs since we were in high school, yet she somehow has no savings. Mm. And I mean absolutely none and tons of credit card and student debt. She's been living paycheck to paycheck, and when given the opportunity to save money slash pay back debts, she chooses to spend it on non-essential items like clothes, takeout coffee, and subscription boxes. American ethics. Now I am no money expert, and I for sure impulse buy items from Instagram ads. What? I bought three velvet pumpkins and they'll they'll be beautiful this time of year. But Sarah complains to me about her finances frequently. I've tried to help her by sharing my budgeting, tracking spreadsheets, and tips for reducing impulse purchases. Sometimes she's receptive to these tips, and other times she aggressively tries to defend expenses like a non-essential weekend trip. So here's the dilemma. She's a very generous friend and will often do things like mail me care packages or Venmo me money for coffee, but I feel so guilty when she does these things. I try to repay her with things I know she will use responsibly, like a Trader Joe's gift card. One condom. However, how do I continue this going forward? I care about Sarah and appreciate her generosity, but I also want her to start saving money and I'm worried about her future. Thank you both for your help and advice. You can't. 
Some people are just like this. Like there are those people. It's always like the friend on a sitcom. Kramer is that friend. I don't know how he had that New York apartment that just it's, you know, it's just their mishandling of money. It was the way they were raised. It's just the way they see it. You know, it's not on you to educate her and you should, she should have been you for coffee. You can buy her a cup of coffee, but like she should pay her way in life. And, you know, it's tough because a financial education is not dissimilar to a nutritional education. Like the economics of it, like the less, it's not that the less money you have, the less you know how to use it because you can grow up poor and have parents who budget appropriately, but you don't get access to like a SEP or like an IRA and like that information unless somebody is showing you that. And it's usually someone in a position like of financial understanding. So Mm -hmm. it's not on you to educate her. It might just be a fundamental lack of understanding about how money works, which a lot of people have. I'm not great with it either. Um, You know, you don't want to like set her up with a financial advisor, but there are tools out there. It is a daunting thing to undertake, but it definitely isn't on you. Instead of using a spreadsheet, I wonder if she would be someone that would like visually, if she did like a mint or something where where it shows her like this is a graph of how much you're spending on non-necessary items. Also, using cash instead of a credit card is can make a big deal because when it's a credit card, it kind of feels like play money. But when you're handing over your cash, it's like, this is physical, like this is mine and I'm giving it away. It's that the fact that she buys stuff for you, it's like she has a, a spending problem and a lot of people do. And that's, you've tried to help her budget. There's only so much you can do, but I just wonder if one of these like tools that's a little more visual might- Yeah, I don't might, know click something in a place for her because she's going to come to a hard realization at some point when she can't pay her rent because she went on another non-essential vacation. It's also, especially at that age, like when you're younger, you don't have like mega expenses. Like it doesn't sound like she has any health problems, doesn't have a kid, doesn't have a house. So it's really maybe about like asking her like, what are your goals in life? How do you work toward them? It's not fun to save because everybody wants Mm -hmm. to spend their money, but you know, maybe show her the ghosts of Christmas future. Be like, do you want to be 35 and like living in an RV that you're renting and like only eating ramen? Well, and the student debt and the credit card debt, make sure, you know, if you're involved, make sure that she is paying off the things that will have the highest amount of interest. Make sure that right now her student loans are on pause if they are able to be on pause because of the pandemic. You know, it's like, I I, I would imagine she's someone that doesn't want to look at those things because she doesn't want to think about them or acknowledge them. But yeah. And maybe seeing some sort of financial advisor or maybe there's some sort of online tool she can use. I don't know if you want to look into that for her. Um, And there's also complaining and there's complaining. You know, there's like, it's always like, oh, I'm so broke versus like, I can't pay for my arm. Right. But you can't force feed this to her. Yeah. So she might just be your fun, broke friend. Yeah. And it sounds like you're really thoughtful in that you're like, you give her a Trader gift card. You like pay her back in little ways. Because you don't want to insult her. Mm-hmm. She's like, I got you a gift. And you don't want to be like, I I think you're poor, so I don't want this. <laughs> yeah. So she's just going to have to figure it out on her own. Yeah. That's rough. You can also reach out to my dad, who was a financial <laughs> advisor. But he's retired. Yeah, he could, he'd love to talk to someone. He'd love to talk to her. Is she attractive? <laughs> Kick it. Ah, uh, top of the cop. It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. My top of the cob is uh, last night I went on stage at the comedy store for the first time without a jacket. So, oh, and I yes. just had like a shirt and like, I just had like a poochie belly. And I was, I was honestly nervous about it because you don't want much in the way, you know, I've never worn like sexy outfits on stage or something weird, even a shirt with like a big logo. Cause I don't want the audience distracted, yeah. but I was like, no, they're here to see me and it's going to be fine. 
So I came out, I made a joke about it, and then I did my set, which had nothing to do with babies. Um, but it was very freeing to just be like, this in my body. The shirt was tight, so I had to keep pulling it down on my pants up, and I felt like Matt Foley, motivational speaker. But it was very freeing to just be like, this is what it is, folks. Got I mean, a poochy belly. That's 90% of why you announced your pregnancy, correct? Because yes. you wanted to stop wearing jackets. I wanted to stop stage. sweating on stage. We did a taping of like these 18 local LA comics that I picked. You made a sweater. And I made my own sweatshirt because I didn't have any clothes that were appropriate for camera. And I was dripping. Like when I lo- I watched the dailies. Are you I'm sweating? so shiny. I'm just dripping sweat. I'm like, welcome to the show. It's, but now we all know why. When yeah. I go back to some of my first like strong female lead dinner, it's on like Zoom and I have to turn off my air when yeah. I'm doing it and just... I'm red and like my hair is like this. And I'm like, how was Terminator 3? Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> it's so sad. I keep powder in here, right here for that reason. Little yeah. translucent powder. Anyways, my top of the cob was a little goblin belly sticking out. Yeah, free. It is, folks. Free to be you and me. Free to be a baby, but still very physical. Yeah. Okay. My top of the cob is I ordered some new noise-canceling headphones because More. I lost my other ones. Those? Uh, no, I wound up going with Sony. They've gotten very good reviews, but they were delayed. And then they were delayed another day. And then they were delayed another day. And I reached out to Best Buy and I was like, Best Buy, help me. I can't live like this. And they were like, okay, we're really sorry. They're actually lost, but we're going to have you new ones sent tomorrow. And I was like, thank you. That's like, what else are they supposed to do? Like, that's the best possible Maybe it's a Sony thing because we had a sound bar. Remember this? Yes. And it was just lost. Well, they so, just delivered it to the wrong house and nobody or anything. These are the newest um, of this brand, whatever. Generation. Noise canceling. Yeah. Yeah. And so they actually, they've had a hard time keeping them in stock. And so it's like, I get it. But I was like so bummed because every day I wait, I wait. I'm like, they'll be delivered today. And then they're, so I appreciate it. They're like, they'll be there tomorrow. We've reshipped you a new Why pair. Why don't you go to Best Buy and get them? They're not in stock because they're so like in demand. Emily, I'm going to extend this to you. I, from what I understand, you live in some sort of hybrid flop house. Yes. Halfway home uh-huh. apartment complex. If you ever want to have something sent here to a home okay. in a real neighborhood with a gate, you can okay. always have it sent Thank here. You. Uh, so you have to pay me $5 shock- a month as a holding as a fee. Rent. Shockingly, I've never had anything stolen at this apartment. When I lived in Beverly Hills, mm. I would have like cards stolen. Right, because poor don't steal from the poor, they steal from the rich. <laughs> yeah, they're not doing- Interesting. They're not doing it. Although a package was delivered to my door. They brought it up to the second floor, oh a big Walmart box, That's not for happen. me, for a different street, a different number, but just the same apartment letter. And so I like carried it down in the mailboxes so that they would come pick it up. Yeah. And one of my neighbors came and knocked on my door and was like, hey, you have a package downstairs. I don't want anyone to steal it. Like you that's should nice. go get it. And I was like, oh, that's so nice. And I go downstairs thinking it's my, it's that same package. It's for a different building. So I had to like write a note and tape it on there. Like that was nice this isn't this building. All right. Uh, my bottom of the cob. Was your text message to me this morning. Oh, that was a real bummer text message. It's just really, I felt so bad for you. Yeah. And as a benevolent employer, a I benevolent immediately employer. offered you the day off. Yeah. I mean, I could have just sat at home. My grandma died of COVID. Uh, she was vaccinated. Wait, you have to say my bottom of the cob is. That's my bottom of the cob. Um, she was vaccinated. Uh, but the people in her senior center are not and don't have to be in there working right now on passing legislation that they have to be. But they didn't. Stacey Abrams, fucking get on it. It's, it's in Georgia. <laughs> it's in Georgia. Um, but it's just, it's crazy to have gotten through over a year until like have gotten vaccinated and like been fine. And then there was like a breakout. And so my parents who live nearby couldn't go visit. But luckily she lives on the first floor. So they'd literally be like at the window. But 
like a gorilla with the hand up when you put the hand on that's either so side. Sad, Emily. It's that's such your mom's a, mom. It's my mom's mom. So they're contending with that. Uh, so how do you feel? Bad. But this was my grandma. I don't. I feel like I've talked about her. She wanted to die desperately, and a year ago said yeah, she hoped she'd get COVID. You want to go in your sleep, not like that, right? From something that was totally preventable. Totally preventable. Luckily, it was like just within the last two days. It was kind of like we like I knew it was going to happen this week, but you know, even when you know, out, even when you know, there's no way like, to prepare you. And what yeah. grosses me out is like she's in a nursing facility, a medical nursing facility, and yet the staff didn't have to be vaccinated. And there are people out there who will be like, whoa, and they'll try to argue mm-hmm. why that's okay. Well, and it's so hard to get employees in a facility like that, especially during COVID, because it is like, you know, it's not fun work. It's They're oftentimes underpaid. Not it's, all necessarily nurses. Right, yeah, yeah. And so that's it's- so fucked up though. It's yeah. so fucked up. So we let like, and they, no one's been allowed in for months, but my mom like got to go in wearing eight masks. And then I was like, well, now I hope my mom doesn't get COVID. She's vaccinated, so it just— This is is the reality you all wanted, but it's a good thing everyone has freedom over their body unless you're a woman. Especially, I mean, you see, like, teachers now and nurses and stuff being like, well, if I have to get vaccinated, I'll just quit. And it's like, good. Good. Why? You you idiot. Why are you doing this job then, you know? supposed to help kids Yeah, people. Especially because kids can't get vaccinated and you're just like, well, it's more important for me to not have to wear a mask around these children. I want to breathe in their mouths. It's ridiculous. Anyways, I'm sorry about your grandma. And I'm sure Thank we you. lost a couple people because we're talking about science. But folks, you know, I don't make my shows. I don't make it difficult for people to come to my shows. But my, you got to know that the bulk of intelligent people <laughs> really are looking at at the people that don't get vaccinated. Look, look, you got a Just medical like, issue, whatever. But yes, there are, of course, exceptions. We don't have to do this. We don't role. have to be like, of course, I, if you but can't. I but know. like, you know. Come on. I'm pretty sure my other grandma did die of COVID at the beginning of the pandemic, but it wasn't confirmed. It's just all of a sudden we don't want to be safe. Like you don't have rubella or measles or mumps or polio because of vaccines. And what happened is we had too too much time go by. Like none of those people are alive. alive. I was in an iron lung. Exactly. (laughs) We don't have those because people got their vaccines. So it's ridiculous. Trust me, follow me, get your vaccine. Get your vaccine. vaccine. Get you all killed my grandma, so. There you go. Not you guys, but other people. Not you guys. Probably your all of your, like, fathers-in-law that you're having a hard time talking to. Yeah. By the way, the garbage truck is here, so if you want to catch a ride. Yeah, I got you. And when you Son were vulnerable, I made a joke about. I think it's a recycling truck because the garbage truck already came. It's the same thing. Most recycling doesn't get recycled in California. The world's falling apart. No, you can't end <laughs> my podcast like that. <laughs> Tianfu. Is a tiny baby. And I have a tiny baby. And I'm going to raise a very good human to make up for all the bullshit out there. There you go. I'm going to make sure she doesn't go into show business. This is BVK for Ocean City Tourism, OCMD Streaming Audio. On March 11th, 2024, the title of the spot is STSA Leisure Summer. This is a 30-second composite stereo streaming audio mix. Get away with friends to the laid-back Maryland coast, where you can catch up while casting off and hang 10 while hanging out, where a day on board is never boring and full throttle is half the fun, where you can sink a putt, raise a glass, 
and there's always room for one more round. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.